0: Has anybody here has felt that curse in the last year? That brokenness, that darkness that comes with life, that deadness that is in all of us? Can we not attest to the fact that there is a curse that seems to be in everything we do, say and think, everything in this world? How in the world can we have joy, joy to the world, if there's a curse that we're wrestling with? And a very pervasive curse is that. How do we stop it? In Is there any hope, not just to stop it, but is there a hope to reverse it? That instead of a curse, we can receive blessing will joy to the world. Yes, there is a way. And there is one who would come. There's no other way that God Himself must do it. The Word of God, it says in Scripture, the Word of God, he, He will become flesh and dwell among us. This is exactly what Jesus, the Word of God, did. He came and put on flesh to rescue us the word of God, Jesus, God in flesh, dwelt among us. Here's what he did. He's the light and life of men, and he came to bring light into our darkness. He came to bring life into everything that is dead in us, that is dead in this world. And now we need to bring the light of Christ into the darkness of our lives every day. We need to bring that life of Christ, that eternal life, into the deadness. And scripture will say, walk in newness of life. We need to bring the word of God into our lives as far as the curse is found. It's interesting that John is going to start off the gospel of John. And he's going to tell the story of Jesus a little bit differently. The birth narrative is given to us in the gospel of Luke it's also given to us in the Gospel of Matthew. Interestingly, the Gospel of Mark doesn't really deal with a birth narrative. It just starts with Jesus' baptism. Um, but in the Gospel of John, John starts off with, and if you've been around the Bible, it's going to sound familiar to you. He's going to talk about the beginning. He's going to say, in the beginning was. Does anybody ever hear the the words in the beginning? Does it sound familiar? Well, it's how scripture starts. It's how the story of Genesis starts. It's how God tells us how he created everything. In the beginning, in the beginning was this word of God and this God that created everything. You see, the beginning of God's story is God's word and an incredible power of God's word that God would speak and he would create all things. And watch this. He would create all things out of nothing. That's the power of his word. And everything came into existence because of his spoken word. And what he would do is he would create all things. He would create light. The first thing he says, let me create light. And then he's going to separate in the very beginning light and darkness. In the beginning of the story, this word creates life, all life. Those in the sea, those on the land. But the, the climax of him creating life was that he created life in his image, Scripture will tell us. In the image of male and female, he created us in his reflection, in his image. And we're like the climax of his story of life. And he did it all through his word. It's absolutely beautiful. And he created us in his image to rule and reign for him, to fill this this earth up with his glory, with his presence. But we messed up. The story of the Bible, the story of our lives, is that sin and rebellion has gotten the way. And what has that brought to us? It's brought darkness. It's brought death into the most prominent places of our lives. Isn't it true? We just can't seem to shake it. Our story became cursed, a cursed story. And darkness just seems to overcome the light sometimes. And death seems to overwhelm us. Well, the Gospel of John is such good news. It starts off, again, in that kind of that that language of Genesis 1, that in the beginning, in the beginning, the the God who is light, he's going to battle himself, the darkness. The God who is life, he's going to bring to us eternal life. Joy to the world. Jesus is going to come. And here's what we're going to find out. That in him, in his light, the darkness will not overcome us. Let me hit pause. You and I have to be reminded of this daily. That darkness doesn't win. Secondly, that life, that the life he gives us, that death cannot overwhelm us. He gives us life that death will not overwhelm. So we're going to look at John's, what's called his prologue in John 1, 1 through 18. Has given you a little background. It's going to tell us who our great God is and what he has done for us. So hear the words of our great God in John 1, 1 through 18. In the beginning was the word. that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, has come into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own. His own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name. He gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word, this word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we've seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this is he whom I said... Uh, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For for from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God will stand forever. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this incredible good news. The good news that this eternal word that is with God and who is God would come and put on flesh and become man in the mystery of one who is fully God and one who is fully man, who would come to give us light and life. God, we thank you for the beauty and the grace that he would come to sinners like us. And, oh God, we ask that he would come now in the power and the preaching of your word. Oh God, give us ears to hear your voice. Give us minds to understand your word. Give us hearts to embrace your truth. And, God, give us feet that would walk in a manner worthy of your name. Father, desperately, I need your grace. Would you be pleased to speak through a broken sinner like me? God, the things that are said that are true and to contain the good news of the gospel, would you use those things to make us more like this word of God, this Jesus? But the things that are said that are merely my opinion or wrong, may those things fall away and be forgotten. We pray that you and you alone receive glory and that we receive great joy. And it's in the matchless name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. First question I want to start with is, what happens to our Christmas lights year to year? What happens when you box them up, you put them in the garage, and you pull them out next year? What gremlins ate them? I mean, I don't know about you, but every year, the first thing you do is you plug in the lights, half of them don't work at all, the other half, half of them work, and you think, are you kidding me? And I always say the same thing, I'm not buying any more Christmas lights. My lights are cursed. The darkness seems to overcome them every time. Well, the good news of the gospel is this. The light of Christ is not cursed and the darkness will not overcome it. The first thing we're going to see is this, is the light that darkness will not overcome. And I want to begin by saying to each one of us, we all are going to battle with darkness. A darkness within us and a darkness within our world. Why? Because Scripture is going to tell us that the darkness has, has blinded our eyes. Paul will say in 2 Corinthians 4.4 4, that the God of this age has blinded the eyes of unbelievers so that we can't see the good news of the light. We can't see the light. And John's going to tell us this way. The world was created by this word made flesh. The world was created by Jesus. He created all things, but when he came to the world, they didn't recognize him. They were blinded. The darkness got them. And then he came to his own people. I mean, the promised Messiah had finally come. He came to his people, but guess what? They were blind. They didn't receive him because the darkness had got to them. Sinners like us, we have to realize, it's every one of us, that sin has brought on darkness. And the weird thing is, we got a weird love affair with darkness. Darkness. In our flesh, there's kind of like darkness that scares us, like Mufasa, it scares us. And yet, there's something about the dark sometimes that seems to draw us. And there's a battle for each one of us over the darkness. I want to read to you one of the most... Famous passages of Scripture. It's going to sound familiar. It's John 3, 16. I'm going to read after that for a few verses. It says this about good news. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Is that not a celebration? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. There is great news. But then it goes on to say this. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Thank you, Lord. But in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. And this is what I want you to hear. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. I want to begin by telling you that there's a battle in all of us. And if you've lived more than 20 minutes in this world, you know what I'm talking about. There's a battle inside of you. There's a battle that darkness wants to overcome. But the reality is that the light of Christ shines and that darkness will not overcome. Jesus, the light of the world, is going to come and shine into our darkness. There's another thing I want to kind of, really the Spirit led me to was this. The darkness will not overcome you. Do not be overcome with it. In the midst of our brokenness, your sinfulness in Christ Jesus will not define you. The things you struggle with, one day you'll find victory over in Christ Jesus. I don't know what that's going to look like. And there's going to be some things in darkness that you might struggle with your entire life. And there's some things that he might not even fix fully until we see him face to face. But the reality is this. I know he wants us to live our lives not focusing on the darkness and not being overcome with it day by day, waking up and just being overcome. Is, look at how broken I am. And look at how dark my world is. And look at how much is undone. But we look at the light of life in Christ Jesus and say, but that light will never go out. That we will be defined by Christ in his light. We will not be defined by our weakness and our darkness. Don't be overcome by it. May the light of Christ shine brightly in all of us. The beautiful thing is the light that the darkness will not overwhelm. Now walk in the light. God has come as the light and life of men. I love what Psalm 36, 9 says this. Listen to this. In him is a fountain of life. Is it not true? And in his light, we see light. I love that. It's basically saying this. In God alone is life, and it's a fountain. You can drink from it, and I can drink from it. Our grandkids can drink from it. Those who went from us drank from it. This this fountain of life, it never stops bubbling up into life. But in the light of Christ, we see light. What is that telling us? It's saying this to us. It's very important that in the light of Christ, in the light of God's word, we can understand life. We can understand ourselves. We can understand our world. We can have hope. We shine his light into all things. So what are we to do? We're to walk in that light. We're not a walk in the light of God's word. We're a walk in the reality that we, are, by God's grace, become his children and walk in the light. Ephesians 5, 8 through 14 says this, for at one time you were darkness. It doesn't say this. It doesn't say at one time you walked in darkness. It doesn't say at one time you embraced Darkness. It doesn't say at one time you had a love affair with darkness. It's weird. It's, it's, it's more blunt. Apart from Christ, you want to know the truth? Darkness. Apart from Christ, darkness. And that's true of all of us by God's grace. Apart from God's grace, we're darkness. So there's the bad news, but we got to get to the bad news because it makes the good news so much better. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk in as children of light for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true now hit pause we don't try to do the right thing and walk in light to try to earn god's love or to be moral people we are walking light because we are god's people in christ jesus and the light has come into our lives And now we bear that fruit, and we try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it's shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. It's darkness. darkness will not overcome us. And this light that shines in us, we're to live our lives and walk in the light of Christ. I love what John, First John, John would write an epistle called 1 John 1 1.7. He says this, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. It's supposed to be a group journey, locking arms, walking in the light. And the blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light, we have fellowship with God and we have fellowship with one another walk in the light of God's word walk in the light of God's truth because why Jesus has come as the light and life of men to shine in the darkness and there's good news the darkness will not overcome the second thing is this life that cannot overwhelm life that cannot that death cannot overwhelm it's such good news life wins John gives us a formula that we got to follow. He tells us about life. And we see that that life is found in Christ. In Him, in the Word, the eternal Word of God that becomes flesh. In Him is life. In Him is life, and that life is the light and life of men. So if this life that God offers to us, this eternal life, this fullness and abundance of life, It's found in a source. And the source is God himself. He's the fountain of life. And the only way you and I can ever have life is if we have Jesus. And how do we have that? In verse 12, it says this, the world did not know him and receive him, This people didn't receive him, but to those who believed. Those who believed in his name. Those who said, no, wait a minute. This one born in the manger, this is God's promised Messiah. This one who walked on water, this is God's son. This is the one, and I'm, I'm going to believe in him, which means that I'm going to put my trust in him. To those who believe in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Wow, that's incredible. It's a grace. How do we get this life? We believe in the name. And he says, by the way, this is not by the will of man. This is by the will of God. This is something that God gives to us graciously, this life. And it says, what else is required of this formula? It's got to be found in Christ. It's got to be by believing. And it's got to be by believing by God's grace. The one who is full of grace. Grace upon grace, John will tell us. The grace of God that shines to sinners like us. You want to know the darkness was so bad, the curse was so found in our lives that we couldn't even see the truth? If God himself didn't turn on our lights. And it's by God's grace that we could see the reality of who his son really is. And by that grace, we believe. And in that believing, we become. And what we become is children of God. And that is such a beautiful reality of whose we are in Christ Jesus. So the first question is this. He offers us life that death cannot overwhelm. Do you have that life? Do you have the life of Christ, that amazing good news? Have you placed your trust in Him in this name? I mean, you could be close to it. We could put all the decorations, we could have all the celebrations of Christmas and miss the Christ of Christmas. And the bottom line is believe. But then, for those of us, and probably many in this room who have that life, He says, Now walk in the newness of life. Listen, the old is gone. He took care of it on the cross. There's no sins that are going to condemn you. You've been forgiven. You've been washed. You've been made beautiful in Christ Jesus. Now walk as a child of the beloved God who loves you. You're a beloved child of the King. Live your life every moment of your life. Know for sure you're forgiven, you're loved, you're free. Man, there's newness of life. Paul will say it this way uh, in Romans 6, 4. And in, in this life, there needs to be a death. There needs to be a death for life to happen. There needed to be a death of Christ Jesus and a resurrection for eternal life to be secured. And there needs to be a death in our lives. We need to die to ourselves and embrace the life of Christ. Listen to how Paul says it this way. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus, that's believing in Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism and death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What is that saying? That by God's grace, this incredible mystery of faith, that somehow he has connected us to Jesus. And he's connected us in a way that his death was our death, as he died for our sins. And that his life is our life as he was resurrected to eternal life. And now we walk in a whole different way. We walk in newness of life because why? We're his. Paul will say it this way in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. The life I live is now for Jesus. Let me ask you a question. What irritates you the most about life oftentimes? Is it not that things go wrong? Is it not that you've planned your life out and all of a sudden something goes and happens to you and all of a sudden you're, you're getting all upset because your life isn't working out the way you think your life should? But do you know that the ultimate question behind that frustration is whose life is it? Christ has come to give us life and life eternally. He's come to give us life and life abundantly. He's come to give us his life. And the life we now live, we live his life for his glory. We should quit complaining. We we, we should just realize that this is yours. Listen, there's so many things about my life saying, you know, God, it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. And this has happened and I've struggled with that. And when I want to complain and say, it's not fair, it's not right. My life isn't going the way that I want it to go. You're not responding the way I want you to do. He just reminds me, hey, whose life is it? I sent Jesus to come and to live and die and be resurrected for you so the life of Christ could reign in you. And the life we now have, we share in Him. And it's good. And it's going to get better in Christ Jesus. Why? Because we know the life He gives Death will not overwhelm. It won't overwhelm you. I know there's so much of life that's you know, probably overwhelming you now. There's probably even much about the see that's overwhelming you now. But let me remind you of good news, that in Christ Jesus, we have a life that will not let any of our deadness or death overwhelm. His life will reign forever. One more passage, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. This is joy to the world. You want joy to the world? Why? Because the Lord has come. And you want to have joy to the world? Why? Because as far as the curse is found, and the curse was found right here, and the darkness was right here, and the good news and the joy of the world, that that light has shined right here and right here, and now that we know that the darkness will not overcome us, and death will not overwhelm us, that in Christ Jesus we will live. Why? Because Jesus became a curse. Because he became the curse. How was the curse broken? He bore it. He became a curse on the, on the cross and bore the Father's wrath. Why? Because he embraced. He, he was overwhelmed by the darkness. The, the, the world became dark. But then the light shined through. And that tomb was empty. And the light of Christ shines forever. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. The curse has been broken. The blessings are flowing. All in Christ Jesus for what he has done for us. Because the word of God, this eternal God, has become flesh and dwelt among us. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for sending us a one who is grace upon grace. The one who is eternal God that would become flesh and dwell among us. So that why? So the darkness would not absolutely overcome and that death would not overwhelm. God, I know that the truth of my own life and the truth of my brothers and sisters, that we still struggle with that darkness. Oh God, may the light of Christ shine through. And God, I pray that if there's anyone here who's never come to that point of believing, it's so beautiful that John 1.12, but to those who believed in your name, You gave them the right to become children of God. Oh God, I pray that today would be the glorious day. That they would come to you, believe in the reality of your son, embrace you as Lord and Savior, confess their sins, and receive the life of Christ that even death cannot overwhelm. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.